22. Are you there? I read. It says, And Jesus answering them said, And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I have been um, teaching on a series of messages that I'll be concluding today. And so I'll be concluding the message I started four weeks ago titled, Understanding the Unlimited Power of Supernatural Faith. And this is part four. Understanding the Unlimited Power of Supernatural Faith. And this is part four. We have already established that God operates through faith. The God that we serve, he operates through faith. That's what the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 4 from verse 15 to 21. It says, God calleth those things which be not as though they were. So God operates by faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3, the Bible says that we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Hebrews 11 3 says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the world that you see today was framed and created by faith through the word of God. Are you following me? So God operates by faith. Everything God does is by faith. And in the times that we are living in, it is important for us to put our faith in God, not in man. Because if you put your faith in man, man will fail you. That's why Jesus said to his disciples that have faith in God. Don't have faith in the economy. Don't have faith in the politicians. But have faith in who? In God. Don't have faith in your, in your wealth. Have faith in who? In God. In other words, take your faith out from every other place it is and put it in God. So the question we want to ask is, what does it mean to operate in supernatural faith? What does it mean to operate in supernatural faith? Operating in supernatural faith is simply having faith in God and doing what you see God do. Operating in supernatural faith is simply having faith in God and doing what you see God do. So someone may ask, how can I see and do what God is doing? As a human being, I can't see God. Now remember, you are not just an ordinary human being. We were made in the image of God. You are a spirit being. God says in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26 to 27, it says, let us make man in our own image. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, the Bible says that, so God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into him the breath of life and man became a living soul. So you are not just an ordinary human being, you are a God kind of being. You are a spiritual being. So to operate in supernatural faith, all you have to do is see what your father is doing and do the same thing. Now observe children. How do they grow? They grow by learning from their parents. Their parents will say, say, ma, ma. And then they'll say, ma, ma. Their parents will say, say, da, da. And then they'll say, da, da. Are you following me? So all the children do is they imitate their parents. And as children of God, that's the same thing we are supposed to do. So the Bible says in the book of John chapter 5 verse 19, the Bible says that then Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, for what so soever he doeth, these things also the son doeth likewise. So Jesus even right here on earth was imitating his heavenly father. What he saw Jesus, what he saw his father do, he did the same. That's why when Jesus was leaving, 
He said to us in John 14, 12, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth in me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. So if you understand what Jesus is saying basically is that if I mimic my father and do what my father does, if you also want to do what I do, look at me and do the same thing. But the way we look at Jesus is to believe in him. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, if you believe in me, the works that I do, you will also do. Amen. And not only that, you'll do greater works than that. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, I said hallelujah. Amen. Now, what a joy it is to, to see what Jesus does and do what he does. Jesus healed the blind eyes so you can heal the blind. Amen. Jesus raised up Lazarus from the dead so you can also do the same. So if you can believe in him, he will, he will help you to do what he did right here on earth. So let's go back to our foundational text, Mark chapter 11 from verse 22. We'll read a few scriptures down. Mark chapter 11 from verse 22. Jesus, before he made this statement, the background of this scripture has to do with Jesus being hungry and he went to a fig tree and he wanted something from the fig tree. But when he got to the fig tree, there was no food. The fig had leaves, but it had no figs on it. And Jesus cursed the fig tree. And the disciples of Jesus heard Jesus cursing the fig tree. Now, I don't want to go back too much. We have the podcast available. So those of you who were not here from the beginning, please listen to the part one to three, and then you will understand this more. I'll help a bit, but I have to manage my time. So I don't want to go back too much. Are you understanding me? So Jesus cares the fig tree. And when the, his disciples saw the following morning that the fig tree Jesus cursed has withered, they said, Master, look, the fig tree that you cursed is with it. Now, why did Jesus have to curse the fig tree? Because Jesus doesn't believe in activities without fruit. God doesn't believe in activities without fruit. There are people here on earth who work so hard. They do two shifts, three jobs, four jobs. At the end of the month, they have nothing to show. There's no money in their bank account. That is activity without fruits. That is being busy but no results. So Jesus said from today you will not be busy and busy and busy without any result. And I say the same to you today. From today you will see results in your life. There are days of working so hard and by the 10th day of the month all your money is gone are over. I said they are over in the name of Jesus. So Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. Verse 23 of Mark chapter 11, it says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. That's why it is important what you say. What you say is important. You can't say the wrong things and expect to have the right things. What you say is important. If you say I'm broke, you will be broke. If you say I am weak, you will be weak. Why? Because the tongue is the command center of the whole body. The tongue is the command center of the entire body. So the moment you say, I am strong, you begin to see strength from all over the world comes towards you. The moment you begin to say, I am blessed, blessings begins to come from all over the world to you. The moment you begin to say, I am favored, favor begins to look for you. So be careful what you say. You can't look at the doctor's report and say, the doctor says I have diabetes. So... I have no no 
change that report. Declare what God says about you. God says you are the head and not the tail. God says you cannot be sick. Therefore, declare that you cannot be sick. Hallelujah. So you shall have whatsoever you say. Be careful what you say. In our house, we don't say this is the last sugar. Or this is the last soap. Or this is the last juice. We don't say that. There's nothing like last in my house. Because the moment you say this is the last sugar, that will be the last. You will never have sugar. No matter how rich you are, you will never have sugar. So be careful what you say. Oh, this is my last shoe. Really? You want it to be your last? It will be your last. You will have whatsoever you say. So if you don't want it, don't say it. You know, we joke, we joke with things like, oh, silly me. Oh, oh, I'm silly. No, you're not silly. You were made in the image of God. Stand in the mirror and look yourself in the mirror and start speaking to yourself. I am handsome. I am beautiful. I am blessed. Oh, wow, look at me. I'm so handsome. My wife is blessed for marrying me. Oh, what a blessing. Yeah. Maybe a lady rejected your proposal 10 years ago, but that's their cup of tea. As far as God is concerned, you are the most handsome gentleman on the surface of the earth. Stella is blessed to have Mr. Alton. Mr. Alto is blessed to have Stella. Amen. Blessed. They say, oh, I wish. Your wish will never materialize. <laughs> At this point in time, they've got each other and they are off the market. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So be careful what you say. This is why I always declare, this is a blessed church. Amen. This church is full of multi-billionaires. You are not broke. We have no broke people in this church. So you are not offended when we are taking offering. Praise God. You see, only broke people get offended when time is time for offering. Oh, I'm preaching this morning. Why why are they taking offering in the church? Well, do you think when we we switch on the light, EDF gives it to us free of charge? Do you think the air conditioning working, is it free? No. Come on now. So if you haven't given an offering before we leave, make sure you give your offering. <laughs> praise God. I said praise God. I said praise God. So you have to be careful what you say. This church is blessed. Say amen to that. This church is blessed. This church is lifted. We are a blessed church. This is a beautiful church. This is a church full of presidents. This is a church full of men and women who are highly favored. This is a mega church. Come on, say a good amen. Amen. This is a church full of millions of people. The millions are coming. One day we'll see five million in Solution Chapel International. Glory be to God. very soon in a multi-million auditorium when you sit in that chair oh you'll be dreaming dreams you understand what it means to, to, to dream possibilities I'm telling you it will be a blessed church the carpet oh, when you step on the carpet it will be speaking to you you, you, you can't wear a shoe that, that is talking to heaven that has, you know those shoes that you've worn it for so long it's open its mouth it says give me some water to drink now no you can't we'll ha- even have a shoe factory by the church so when you are coming to church and you don't have a new shoe go through the shop, get a new shoe and come to church, praise God now these things I'm saying will happen. Amen. I said they will happen. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So you must say what you want. 
Verse 24, it says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray. How many of you have some desires here? Amen. Do you have a good desire? Yes. Oh, some of you don't have desires. Do you have a good desire? It says, what things soever you desire. What do you desire? I desire a nice car. It's not evil to desire good things. I desire a nice house. I used to sleep on an airbed. Airbed. With my wife. And at night when we are sleeping, we hear shh. Yeah. But on that airbed, I was saying, I desire the best, the best bed in the world. A bed that doesn't make noise. I'm telling you, when that day came, we walk into the shop, I bought a mega bed. My bed is so big, it will not fit into this room. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Whatsoever you desire, what's your desire? Have some good desires. Today, some of you need to go home and write your desires and put it on your fridge. Your desires can be your vision. What do you desire? What do you desire? I desire to see this church blessed. I desire to see multitudes in this church. And this desire is in line with God's word. I desire to see many more miracles. I desire to see many more people blessed. I desire to see many more marriages in this church. I desire to see many more children being raised up. I desire to see many more people experiencing the touch of God in this church. That's my desire. That's my desire. And it's a good desire in line with God's word. So Jesus said, whatsoever you things you desire when you pray, believe. That means, yes, you have the desire. You haven't seen the manifestation of the desire yet, but believe you have the desire. Yes. Believe you have it. Believe you have it, and you will receive it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's time for us to operate in our supernatural faith. It's time. It's time. Your faith will work for you this season. Your faith can work. And faith only works by speaking. So speak your faith. Don't be quiet. Don't be silent. You see, many Christians are too quiet about their faith. Speak your faith. What do you want? Speak your faith. Declare healing into your life. Amen. This body can never be sick. Amen. I can never go lie on a hospital bed. Never. I can never be sick. You say, eh? Is he a human being? Yes. I'm speaking my faith. Now don't, don't, don't be offended by me speaking my faith. Speak yours. Speak yours. Mine is I can never be sick. I can never be broke. I always have more than enough in my bank account. Always. Always. Are you saying amen? You better say amen. Because listen, there's going to be a shaking in the economy. It's happening already. And it's going to be a global shaking. Global. Global shaking. And Christians must be ready to harness the harvest that is coming. And the only way we can harness the harvest is through declaration of our faith. You'll be there and somebody will come and give you keys to a new house. And say, I, I can't live in this house anymore. Yes. That's your portion. You'll be there and somebody will give you documents to a new house. Documents to a new car. You better receive it now. I said you better receive it now. Now don't be envious by the time we get out of this service and somebody meets somebody at the door and say, hi, would you like a brand new car? Here's the key. 
I said, ah, I should have received it when the pastor was saying, too late, too late. So exercise your supernatural faith. Sometimes I'm there and I'm declaring some things. And then my wife is not there. And by the time she comes, she brings me what I'm declaring. I said, wow, it's working. <laughs> Glory be to God. It's working. It's working. It's working. And your faith will work. Amen. I said, your faith will work. Amen. Let me hear living amen. amen. I said, your faith amen. will work. In the name of Jesus. So quickly, let's look at a few examples of how to operate in supernatural faith. The first is Moses. When Moses was born, I'm sure many of you know the story. When Moses was born, at that time a decree went out that no male child should be kept alive. So when he was born, his parents could not take care of him any longer because they observed that he was a proper child. Exodus chapter 2 from verse 2 to 6. The Bible says that, and the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when he could no longer hid, and when she could no longer hid him, she took for him in an ark of bull rushes and dabbed it with slime, with peach, and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flax by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wait what will be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the river's side, and when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. Verse 6, and when she had opened it, she saw a child, and behold, the babe wept, and she had compassion on him, and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Now, notice what's happening here. A child is born. This child could not be contained any longer because he's been crying and so what the mother did was the mother took a basket. How many of you know what a basket is? A basket is made out of cane. Took a basket and put the child in the basket. Right? Put the child in the basket and put the child in the river. Follow me. And then the basket started swimming. Is it possible for a basket to swim? Is it possible for a basket to float? Answer me. Is it possible for a basket to float? No. No, it's not possible. It will sink. It's not possible. But what is in the basket is supernatural. The child Moses was a supernatural being. And when a supernatural is in what sinks, it cannot sink. Glory be to God. Father, help them to have this understanding. Now, Moses was heavy and was put in a basket and put on a river, yet he did not sink. Because when the supernatural comes onto your natural, you operate in the realm of the supernatural. Let me hear a living amen. Amen. So, Moses did not sink because the child Moses was supernatural. This is a baby. It's operating in this realm. How much more you? I've told you the story before of when I was a little child. I slept by uh, the gate of one of our uh, houses nearby. And the mat that I was, I was sleeping on covered me. Because the wind blew and then I was covered. And in that particular house, they, they have a bakery factory there. So on that day, the, the truck came to deliver the flour. And guess what? Just by the gate, I was lying there. And when the truck came, it stopped. When they opened the gate, 
They started the truck. It didn't start. Several times. I'm a little baby. My mom told me this story. A little child, probably two, three, or four there about. I think between two and three. You say, were you allowed to play out then? Yes. This was, you know, in Africa where people are more nicer and friendlier. Are you following what I'm saying now? Praise God. Now, so, the, 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 they opened the gate. The gates didn't open. Where the gate opened, they started the car. The truck, it didn't start several times. So, the owner of the bakery uh, factory said, whose mat is there? I was lying right under the tie of this truck. Right underneath it. I said, whose mat is there? So they came to check the mat, and I was covered in the mat. And then they removed me and the mat, and the moment they started a truck, it started. Because even though I was not born again there, God said in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, he said, when you were in your mother's womb, I knew you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And if I ask many of you here, many of you can testify that there were many near-death experiences you had as a child, but you never died. Why? Because you're a supernatural being. Like Moses Moses was a child, but within that basket, the supernatural was on him. From today's solution, I decree the super coming upon your natural. I decree the super coming upon your natural in the mighty name of Jesus. Second example I want to show you about the supernatural is the floating of a metal. The floating of a metal. 2 Kings chapter 6 from verse 1 to 7. The Bible says that and the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold, now the place where we dwell which with thee is too straight for us. In other words, it's too small. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan and take thence every man a beam and let us make a place there where we may dwell and he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But one as one of as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. Verse 6, the Bible says that, And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stake, and cast it in hither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee, and he put out his hand, and took it. Now notice what's happening here. They were cutting down trees and how many of you know what an axe is? You know, an axe has a head and then it has a, a, a long stick or wood to be able to swing it. So they were cutting a beam and then all of a sudden the head of the axe got broken from the wood and fell into the, in the water. And then the servant cried and said, Alas, master, I borrowed this to help build a house. Because remember, they were trying to build a new church. Their place was so small. So this servant went and borrowed this axe, came and was using it to cut down wood. But whilst he was doing that, the axe got broken and then entered into the water. The next thing he cried, Alas, it was borrowed. Then the servant of the Lord was called upon to say, this is where the axe is falling. And they said, show me. And when he was shown, all he did was took a branch of a tree, pointed it to where the metal was, and the metal started to float. <laughs> Somebody says the supernatural. The supernatural. The axe 
that started to what? To float. It started to swim. I don't know what God has given you. I don't know what it is that you're using to serve God. That has gone down. From today is coming out. I said from today is coming out. That's why I said you cannot serve God and go down. Those who serve God cannot sink. Now if this axe did not sink, you will not sink. Let me hear living amen. Amen. I said you will not sink in the name of Jesus. Finally, as we come to the end of the service, today is our special supernatural breakthrough service. And today the God of breakthrough is in our midst. And you have an encounter with the God of breakthrough. Now, quick question. What does it mean to break through? To break through simply means to suddenly come from the back to the front. That is what it means to break through. Breakthrough simply means suddenly and without warning. Suddenly and without warning. And some of you are going to experience that in this season. Whatever you have been expecting God for in this season, it will happen suddenly without warning. It will happen suddenly and without warning. Solution, our breakthrough will happen suddenly and without warning. In the name of Jesus. And the God of breakthrough is in our midst. I said the God of breakthrough is in our midst. And listen, for you to experience breakthrough, one thing is key. We need the word of God. You cannot experience breakthrough without the word. Every breakthrough you will ever need is in the word of God. Every breakthrough you will ever need is where? It's in the word. Not outside of the word. That's why we have to be Christians who read the word. We are not going to be Christians who are tickled by stories of men. That's why when we come to this church, everything we do is in the word. Because without the word, we can do nothing. Exodus chapter 4 from verse 17. I'll show you how the breakthrough works. Exodus chapter 4 from verse 17. Now you know the story of Moses. Moses has fled from Pharaoh because he killed one of the Egyptians and God is sending him back to face what he was running away from. And one key thing that he needed was the word, nothing else. Exodus 4:17. The Bible says that God said to him, "And thou shalt take the rod in thy hand, Wherewith thou shalt do signs. Now the rod there represents the word. The rod represents the word. That's all Moses needed. That's why this church is a church for home of signs, wonders, and miracles. Because every time we go through the word, signs, wonders, and miracles follows. And today... Signs, wonders, and miracles will follow someone. It will follow you home. You will not live here the same way you came. That spirit of depression you came with will leave you before you go. That sickness you came with will leave you before you go. Because as the word is going on, healings are taking place. Miracles are taking place. Signs and wonders are taking place. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says that Moses took his wife and his sons and set them upon an ass and he returned to the land of Egypt and Moses took the rod of God in his hand. This is the rod. He took his children but one thing he didn't forget was the rod because God said you'll use this rod to do what? To do signs. You know Many Christians don't understand spiritual warfare. They don't understand spiritual warfare because they take spiritual warfare for granted. 
walk into a Chinese restaurant today and you'll see them physically displaying their girls without shame. Because he knows that his business is flourishing because of his God. Walk into an Indian restaurant today, they visibly display their God. How about many Christians? We take things for granted. We don't read the word. We just rush to go and do things without the word. We have no promise of the word in our lives. Many actually come to church and open the Bible. When they get home, they close it. They come to church next week, they open it, go home, close it. We don't have our own personal time of reading the word anymore. We don't have our own personal time of studying the word anymore. What is happening to us? What is happening to us is not good, church. We need to be alive. We need to be men and women, Christians who love the word, who read the word. Some of us can watch movies for hours We'll never read the word one day. Some of us can, can will engage in all other th- activities. But as for the word, we don't read it. Some of us will take a big book, we'll read it. But when we take the Bible, we sleep. Sometimes we even come to church and we sleep in church. Because the devil knows that the only thing you need is the word. And once you get the word, your life will never be the same again. So Moses took everything and he took the rod, the word also. Verse 21 of Exodus chapter 4, the Bible says that, And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return into Egypt, see that thou do all these wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thy hand, that is the word, but I will harden his heart that he will not let the people go. You know the end of the story? There were many signs and wonders Moses did through the road, through the word. What word do you have to face your Goliath? You are going through an issue of life. Let's say you can't love people. Let's say you have issues with not loving people. There's so much word in the Bible. Go and search for how to love God. The Bible says that if you don't love God, then (laughs) you don't understand God. Why? Because God is love. Now, you cannot hate someone and say you love God. That means you don't love God. So go and learn about love. Look for that area. If it is gossiping, there's there's a medicine there for you. As for you, all you do is gossip, gossip. Say, Pastor, I can't keep my mouth shut. I just like talking about others. Don't worry. There's, There's medication in there for you as well. The Bible covers everything. Just be willing to take the medicine and the medicine will work for you. Are you following? If it's, if it's sickness, there's, there's a word for you. It said, by his stripes, you are healed. If it's issues with anger, Moses, because of anger, he could not make it to the promised land. Go and look. The Bible says that anger, excuse my language, anger rests in the bosom of a fool. I don't like to use that word fool in the church. No, I didn't say that. It's what the Bible said. So you know that you can't be angry. You're angry about everything. You can't be angry. Are you following me? So everything we need is in the word. Everything we need is in the word. And as we exercise our faith in the word, we'll experience breakthrough in Jesus' name. Quickly as we close, four things you need Four things you need for the breakthrough power of God to operate in your life. Four things. Number one is you need the breakthrough grace. The breakthrough grace. Genesis chapter 38 from verse 27 to 30. 
The Bible says that, and it came to pass in the time of her travail, that behold, twins were in her womb. And it came to pass when she travailed, that the one put out his hand, and the midwife took and bound upon his hand a scarlet thread, saying, this came out first. Verse 29, and it came to pass as he drew back his hand, that behold, his brother came out, and she said, how hast thou broken forth? This breach be upon thee. Therefore his name was called Phares. Verse 30, and afterward came out his brother, and he had the scarlet thread upon his hand, and his name was called Zara. Now I want you to picture what's happening here. There are twins in the womb of this woman, and in those days, they identify the firstborn by a scarlet, the one who brings out their hand first. So the firstborn, whose, whose name is Zara, he's not the firstborn, he's meant to be the firstborn. He brought his hand out first, so the midwife tied a scarlet thread on his hand so that he could be identified that he came out first. But guess what happened? What is breakthrough? It happens suddenly without warning. Right? Breakthrough happens how? Suddenly without warning. Now, Zara has put out his hand. A thread has been tied around his hand. And then all of a sudden, he pulled out his hand and Ferez, meaning breakthrough, came out first. And the midwife said, how is it possible that you have done such a breach? Meaning that instead of the one who brought his hand first to come out, he came second. Somebody say breakthrough grace. That is the same breakthrough grace that is coming upon you from today. Say a big amen. Amen. You see, when it comes upon you, what happens is people will assume somebody is supposed to be the head in front of you, but before they realize, you'll overtake them. Listen, it's not how you begin in life, but how you end. The breakthrough grace is coming upon you today in the name of Jesus. The second key we need, the second thing we need is help from above. Help from above. If you are going to experience breakthrough, you need help from above. You need help from above. In other words, you need help from God. How many of you need help from God here? I don't know about you, but I need a lot of help from God. So I'm going to lift both of my hands up. And if possible, I'm going to lift both of my my legs up. Praise God. Now, women, please don't lift your legs up now. Praise God. Just lift up both hands. Amen. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 10 verse 31. It says, but many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. Somebody say breakthrough. Now it doesn't matter those who have gone ahead of you. What matters is how you end. Jesus said many that are first will be last and those who are last shall be first. Somebody say, that's me. That's me. Oh, say it better. Say, that's me. that's me. I don't know about you, but I've been last for too long. Yeah. It's my season to be first. Yeah. I said, it's my season to be first. Yeah. I am coming first in everything. Yeah. I am coming first in church growth. Yeah. I am coming first in the best church. Yeah. I am coming first in an excellent church. Yeah. I am coming first in in being a great husband. I'm coming first in my marriage. I'm coming first in my business. In everything, I'm coming first. When hell from above comes upon you, they might say, you were the last in class, but in life, you'll be first. You'll be employing them. You'll be reading their CVs. They probably taught you in class, but you'll be reading their CV. You'll be interviewing them. 
Uh, okay. You'll be determining their salary. <laughs> Isn't that nice? I don't know. Maybe that boss kicked you out. Gave you a quick notice. Said you are fired. But very soon, you'll be determining his salary. Yes. I said very soon, yes. you will be determining his salary. Yes. That was what happened to Joseph. When Joseph was translated or transferred into Egypt and he was serving in Potiphar's house, the wife tried to, you know, take something from Joseph and Joseph refused. And Joseph was put in prison. But later on, Joseph came out of prison to become the prime minister of Egypt. And guess what? Potiphar was below him. I don't know who you used to serve. Very soon, they will be below you. Very soon, they will be under you. That boss you used to say yes boss to. Very soon, that boss will be saying yes boss to you. In the name of Jesus. Because help is coming from above for you. The third thing you need is the anointing. The third thing is the anointing. Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27. The Bible says that and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away off your shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke shall be destroyed because of what? Because of the anointing. What is the anointing? The anointing is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. What is a yoke? A yoke is anything that impedes your progress. It impedes your speed. You want to go fast, but because you have been yoked, it slows you down. What is a burden? A burden is anything in life that slows you down. It's like you're on a treadmill. You are running, but you are not moving forward. You are just on the same point. But after today, the anointing destroys that yoke. I said the anointing destroys that yoke. As from today, you'll be going on a fast lane. You'll be going on the speed lane. God will quicken your speed. In the name of Jesus. That health issue you have been challenging with from today. That yoke is destroyed. Solution I need you to receive it. Because I can sense the anointing in the house. I said the anointing destroys that yoke. The anointing destroys that yoke. The anointing removes that burden. From today you are going free. 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 In the name of Jesus. That generational yoke. I destroy it right now. I destroy it right now. I destroy it right now. From today you will be the head and never the tail. The days of crying, the days of struggling, those days are over. The anointing is operating right now. I decree the same anointing that was upon Jesus to come upon you right now in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that how Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good because God was with him. Acts 10 38. That same anointing is coming upon you. You are anointed from today to do exploits. The last one is the hand of God. The hand of God. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 46. You know the story? Elijah. There hasn't been rain for three and a half years. Elijah prayed that there should be rain. And he told Ahab to go and eat and run to the gates of Jezreel. And Ahab, the king, was on the best chariots. So the Bible says that the Ahab went ahead of Elijah. And look at 
First Kings 18.46, the Bible says, And the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah, and he gathered up his loins, and he ran before Ahab to Jezreel. Now, how is that possible? How can, let's say, the Air Force One, the president is in the Air Force One, going to, let's say, India, and then you are in the UK, the president is going to India, right? And you are not going on any plane. And then you get there before him. Is that possible? Physically, it's not possible. But when the hand of God comes upon you, the hand of God will throw you forward. Solution, the hand of God has come upon us today. And we are going to outrun everyone that has run before us. We are going to outrun the chariots of Ahab. We are going to go ahead of them. We will be there before they arrive. They will be asking, how did you get here? You will look at them and smile and say, it was the hand of the Lord. I said, it is the hand of the Lord. You see, when the hand of the Lord comes upon you, it is like a tortoise and a cheetah running a hundred meter race. Who will finish first? You know, a cheetah will finish first. But guess what? When the hand of the Lord is upon you, you are the tortoise. You'll finish before the cheetah. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. You see, it, 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 it doesn't make sense. We have entered into a season where things will not make sense to people around you because the hand of the Lord, the hand of the almighty God that created the whole world is coming upon you. It has been stated that a rabbit, a rabbit runs faster, jumps faster, and can reach wherever it wants to do before a tortoise. But a rabbit can live only up to 15 years maximum. 15. A tortoise is slow. But guess how long it lives? It lives for 150 years. So it's not, it's not who has gone ahead of you. It's not how fast they go. All you need is the hand of God upon you. You see, it was the hand of God that was upon this couple that made a wedding within three months wow. to look like a million dollar wedding. When the hand of God is upon you, you will do little and you achieve much. You will do little and you achieve much. That is the season you are coming into. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Did you receive it today? Yes. Let's give Jesus some praise. Oh, come on. Let's give Jesus the highest praise. The hand of the Lord is coming upon us. The hand of the Lord is coming upon us. The hand of the Lord is coming upon us. In the mighty name of Jesus. 